good day. <laughs> it's always the worst because have you ever been in one of those situations when you're like, good morning, and it's like 4 p.m. and you're like, all the time. Okay. And she's like, and they're like, don't you mean blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, time isn't real. And I move on. I always feel like one of the sitcom people that like open the door and say something and then go back out the door and close it. Like that, that's the moment that I have in my head where I'm like, good morning. It's 5 p.m. Back, back, back at to you. <laughs> back to you in the studio. Yay. And then I just run. Yeah. Um, I've been rewatching Will and Grace, which has been just lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when you haven't had soup for a while because sure. nobody really needs soup as like a food group. No one's like, you know what? I'm craving soup. But when you haven't had it for a while, it's just like soothing and nice and cuddly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people describe soup as cuddly, but I do. So <laughs> and that's how I feel watching Will and Grace. It's like it's funny. It's like very 90s, early noughties. And um, yeah, it's just it's it's mm. a it's a nice, cozy blanket, you know? It's a nice cup of soup. It's a nice cup of with, soup. With oyster crackers, because we are not plebeians here. <laughs> because we have glass. <laughs> uh, standards. <laughs> we have standards here. Oh, speaking, speaking of which, well, Stanny died. Um, <laughs> who? Stanny. Stanny? Oh, my gosh. And you call yourself a Sex and the City fan. Willie... Oh, what's his last name? I, I don't know if I've ever called myself a Sex and the Garson? City fan because I've definitely only seen the first three seasons. So really, yeah, yeah. Carrie I really is. Feel like we've had conversations where you've said like you love Sex and the City, you're actively watching it. Uh, no, I just make references to Samantha a lot. Um, okay. No, Carrie is insufferable, and it's difficult to watch her. So you heard it here first. You know how I feel. You know what I feel about that towards that everybody's like it's a hot take because everybody loves it so you know you're you're unpopular unpopular opinion alert whoop, mm-hmm, whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't like jess i don't like jess from new girl she's very oh, unrelatable okay. and she's hard to watch and because you like i feel awkwardness like in my bones mm-hmm. so when i'm watching something awkward on tv i'm like oh 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 yeah, like that's why, that's why i can't watch the office yeah so I just I'm like recoiling into my couch and I just don't put myself through it like I, I've watched all of it once but I won't watch it again mm-hmm. uh, I really like new girl but I like it because of all the characters not because like of Jess like she might be the main yeah, character like I love but... Schmidt absolutely love him but that's my point is like you like sex in the city but you hate the main character right like you would take out the main character if you could without mm-hmm. ruining the show mm-hmm. I would that's yes. how I feel about Jess Speaking of food in general, however, one, I'm hungry. So, of course, like, I'm thinking about it. I'm um, hungry, too. Aww. Oh. <laughs> um, I have this really bad habit. This is what I was going to say, but I'm going to say also this. I have a really bad habit of accidentally intermittent fasting throughout the day because I'm, like, so busy from, like, the from like 9 a.m sometimes 8 a.m until, like, 4 p.m. I'm just, like, I'm doing stuff. And so then I'm like, I probably should eat something. And, um... Yeah, it's really healthy. But- I used to intermittently fast and like regularly because it was advised to me. So I I think most people know this who listen, but in case you're new, welcome. Super Hello. welcome. Yeah, it is always it's like gonna this. be a heck of an episode. <laughs> it's literally always like this. It's like when YouTubers are like, oh my gosh, I'm never this busy. Like, no, you are. No, it's- no, you are. That's like how mm-hmm. that's how you make your money right, is by yeah. letting people yeah. watch you like struggle through your living room and try mm-hmm. to sort stuff out. That, mm-hmm. That's the joy. So anyway, it's always like this. But here's the point. The point is I have an autoimmune disease. And so a lot of 
doctors, wellness practitioners, blah, whatever, they recommend intermittent fasting for people who have digestive issues because it can help reset your body to like learn a pattern rather than just intuitive eating where your body may not understand what's going on and may not have normal patterns. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's not great long term though. So at some point you should get off the train and stop intermittent fasting. Right. I did this maybe a year ago and every time, maybe like three or four times a week, but like every time I go to have breakfast, I have to remind myself that it's okay to eat because in my brain, I'm like, no, it's not noon yet. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not fasting anymore. It's okay. And then I'm like, all right. And then I eat my little breakfast bar and we move on. Uh, But that all ties in miraculously well with what we are here to discuss with the people today. Yes. I have no idea what that impression was of, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, It's a little Sean Connery, honestly, is what I was getting from him. (laughs) Oh, so the U.S. Open just happened, and I'm pretty sure I've told this joke before, but it's just my favorite dad joke. And who among us would not take the (laughs) home, (laughs) would not take the opportunity (laughs) to tell their favorite dad joke, re-tennis, when the US Open is happening. So, Sir Sean Connery wants to go to Wimbledon. What time does he arrive at Wimbledon? What time, Hannah? Around (laughs) 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 ten-ish. Listen, we at the TCPT <laughs> believe that puns are the height of humor, and all you have to do is scroll through our episode titles to understand that. So. Unless you're a man making them, in which case, stop. Don't. Stop right now. Shh, don't do it. Stop right now. Because nope. you know those guys in the office, there's always, like, two or three guys in the office who, like, end every sentence with an awkward pun, and you just have to let it linger there for a minute. And you're like, frowny face. I'm not happy, bub. Not happy. You, like, slowly <laughs> progress into it. You, like, you, like. You're like a really slow mo frown where it starts out like a smirk and then you just like, <laughs> just gets... and then the whole like the whole like your face person pretty like, like start shaking as if like a camera is shaking. I feel yeah. like that's following me through the week. Like Monday, it's like a slight smiley frown, and then like Wednesday, it's like a deep frown, and then it starts to reverse because it's almost the weekend, and then we start all over again. Yeah. I feel like, like that would be my, a live my, action. My jaw muscles are excruciatingly in pain all the time. So. Live action footage of me getting through my week, honestly. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say was that I've noticed something about influencers that okay. um, we'll add it to the list. Um, well, here's my thing. I I don't know why, but there's only one food group amongst influencers. And that is sushi. Yeah. Why do they only eat sushi? Because it's small and it's not real food. But I see people order like mass amounts of sushi. And like, let me tell you, like, I, I like very specific types of sushi. We've, we've discussed. I don't like fish, yeah. but I like shrimp. So shrimp, crab, whatever. I'll order like a couple of rolls and like maybe a salad at a moment. That's like still a significant amount of calories. And I'm not a calorie counter. Don't get me wrong. I do not care, but you would think an influencer would care. So I see them do their stories and it's like five platters for like a few people of just like all kinds of sushi. And I'm like, eat anything else. I think we're not taking into account though, that a lot of people don't feel strongly about food waste and therefore might order five platters of food and leave two platters of food and not feel bad Mm, maybe yeah uh but this all as i was saying many moons ago ties in (laughs) with what we're here to talk about today so 
We here at the TCT are at the cutting edge of news and uh, we always give you our opinions because that's what you come here for. The jokes, mm -hmm. the opinions, mm -hmm. and the sarcasm. And hopefully coffee, you know. We can't provide it to you yet, but uh, virtual reality is getting better and better every day. So that's coming. But <laughs> you know? someday when we're in-person podcast superstars, because obviously we will provide complimentary coffee at our in-person yeah. podcast. And it'll place. be Starbucks. and won't be that disgusting brown water that people serve at conferences. Anyway, we're here to talk about the wellness industry. Right. So <laughs> what we're going to say is basically our comments and our feelings and how we feel about where diet culture has come from, where it's going and the wellness industry now. Mm -hmm. And I actually got the idea from a podcaster who did a very similar thing. Her take was a little bit different because she had a comedian on who was like talking about her eating disorder issues. Mm -hmm. And we have talked about our previous eating disorders before. We, we are both in eating disorder recovery. So we're happy to talk about that again. But this is more so, I think, going to be focused on diet culture and the wellness industry as women and as we experience it. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, it's important that we play our intro because who are we if we get into a tea of the week without going in with the audio? So is there any other chit chat that you needed before we hop into the episode? Um, you know, I, I just have so much to say during this episode. Always. And, uh, well, yeah, also <laughs> Always. that, but, but I, in the, in the effort to be concise, because Hannah and I are really trying to not, you know, talk out of our asses like the whole time. It's a very limited portion. <laughs> We're doing our best, okay? But I will, I don't have any strong that I feel about chit chat. So we'll just go right into our tea, which is arguably not great, but yeah, I it's like fine. consistency. We're going to have some weak tea, but we'll give you a strong sip later. Yeah. So without further ado, I am Hannah. I am Emma. And this is the Transcontinental Tea, where we talk about pretty much anything that comes to our minds 24-7, yeah. except we only give you access once a week. So Bad. stay tuned. <laughs> it's time for a Tea of the Week. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. First of all, this happens all the time. Second of all, we had a word car crash. I, and it's a mess. Look at it. Look at it. Just letters everywhere. <laughs> I saw, I was, I've been rewatching Will and Grace, as I say, and one of the episodes that Grace was moving into a new apartment and he goes, uh, Will goes, why didn't you hire any movers? Movers are hot. Like moving guys are hot. And she goes, well, uh, I did this on the cheap. Do you want me to set something on fire? Firemen are hot. So I was thinking about that as we had our word car collision. Yeah, oh, I mean, look, now there are firemen coming. <laughs> Oh no, darn. And there was a lot of dainty gesturing there from Emma, mm -hmm. although you couldn't see it. Oh no, whatever shall I do? <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> you look like a fish being born. There's like things coming out of your neck and there's like, like <laughs> hands are just all over. There's an anemone somewhere in there. It's fine. There's no fireman underwater, which is very unfortunate. So it's too bad that I ended up being a fish. Um. <laughs> There's no, you heard it here first. There's no fireman underwater. Listen, so, I didn't see any in the Little Mermaid is all I'm saying. <laughs> so. So unfortunately, Aquaman's not going to be able to help, you know? 
I mean, Aquaman's power is the exact opposite of what a fireman would he's be. He's a there. water man. Or he's, could you say an aquaman? But he's a saltwater man. But maybe he has control over all of the types of water. I don't maybe know, he goes inward through the estuaries once a year and he refreshes himself on the fresh water powers. You know, maybe he perhaps. has like a tutorial. He goes there once a year. He does like the salmon breeding. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that there's probably not a whole lot of fireman action on his part under the water. <laughs> and it's really a missed opportunity. <laughs> So, Jason Momoa, if you're listening out there, <laughs> make Aquaman 2 different. Set some Re- fires. Re-think. Also, let's get rid of Amber Heard. Anyway. Any hoozle. Uh, our tea of the week, believe it or not, is less compelling than Fireman Underwater, which is Shocking. arguably hilarious. So, my tea of the week uh-huh. is that it's more of a phenomenon than the actual event because the actual event is quite short. It just kind of happened. So we had friends of ours move into our neighborhood. I've never had this happen before, but basically they were looking to buy a house. We bought a house in our village and they were looking for something less expensive than directly inside of Cambridge because it's super expensive. Lots of moonies. So anyway, basically my friend was like, I don't want to, impose but is it okay if we look at the house in your neighborhood and i was like well i'm gonna have to take this back to the board i can't just give you an answer like that of course it's okay like of course you can look at a house in our neighborhood like well normally we have a co-op meeting before this kind of thing but i'll i'll let it i'll allow it i'll allow it this Mm. once but she's so funny because she's like well i just wanted to check because you know like i'm like you're my friend like it's people I don't like that I want to block for moving in. Not my friends. That's fine. But it's an interesting phenomenon because, again, I'm at that phase of life now where my friends, instead of like, oh, my gosh, do you guys want to, like, spend a weekend together at a Best Western? Now we're buying houses and moving near each other. It's mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. it's an escalation, I'll call right. it. And let me tell you, it's expensive. Okay. <laughs> you know, we have thoughts and feelings about it. And um, <laughs> but something we can't really do. Is, that's, that's called growing up, folks. It's called growing up. Um, Hannah's husband is in the room apparently because she just waved off camera. And I know that she loves her dogs, but I don't think she waves that them like 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 that. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no. Usually, I do really embarrassing stuff when my dogs come around because I just I don't know. It's it's not baby talk because I think baby talk is more dignified. I just make like noises <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I like squish part of my face together like this. <laughs> It's like when Sebastian teaches Ariel to kiss oh, yeah. her lips like this. And then, so basically, yeah, I, I talk to my dogs like an absolute <laughs> idiot. And, one time, uh, one time I was in a Zoom class and um, I didn't realize I was unmuted. <laughs> and um, Miko was on the bed and I was like, <laughs> and my teacher was like, Emma, you're unmuted. And I was like, hey. <laughs> that's amazing so i think um, instead of doing like icebreakers where people are like hey what's your favorite fruit what color would you paint your house i think you should do an authentic getting to know you which is what noise do you make when your dogs or other people's dogs come close to you (laughs) and that's how you know who people are you know if mm -hmm. somebody goes i don't make a noise you're not my friend i don't know you if they I don't make, know you. If they make a noise like, eh, vacate immediately. Please leave. You're fired. Uh, 
get out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely out of here. It's there. But if you do a shmoosh, 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 then, you know, that's your people. That's how you find your tribe. Yes, you just yes, make yes. The, the call of the wild, as it were. I make lots of weird noises. That's true. So um, It is just a byproduct of being a weird person, and we are both experts on that. Hello. So anyway, <laughs> over to you. <laughs> uh, tea. My tea is just depressing because I... Great. <laughs> I... As My tea is Earl Grey, <laughs> and uh, you just drink it to feel sad. You yeah. drink it to feel sad. <laughs> really great. I am writing my thesis, as I've mentioned before, and I was making pretty good progress. And then, and then, one of so the premise is I'm I'm doing two countries in a comparison between the two in the Middle East, and one of a them tale of two cities. <laughs> so that actually was part of my title. I'm not gonna lie, it was, yeah! actually, it was actually a tale of two Islamist agendas, but like still. Um, so the whole thing, and without getting too deep in the woods, because y'all probably don't care about this, like I was doing a comparison between the current political frameworks of two different countries based on the activity of the Islamist parties in those countries immediately following the Arab Spring because it was like, it was super relevant at the time and it was Tunisia and it was Egypt and Egypt. I knew it was Egypt. (laughs) Nothing has changed. Egypt is, she's, she's not thriving. She probably never has. I don't know, but she's chilling in the corner. She did great for a while, but it was like a long time ago, super long ago, like pre-Ottoman empire. Well, not really, but like long, long, long time ago. Anyway, I digress. Egypt's still a military autocracy. She's chilling, whatever. Tunisia, however, it was sort of kind of democracy. Like there's, there's no true democracy pretty much anywhere, but especially in the Middle East. And she was like, I could kind of argue that like, uh, you know, it's a little fairer than Egypt. And like, and why is that? Why do they have such violently different results? Well, now the president is like, so I'm going to freeze the constitution. I'm going to disband parliament. And um, we'll see what happens when I do what I want. And so now my entire argument is pretty much out the window because he has devolved into dictatorship. So I had to, I didn't have to change my sources, but I did have to change my entire thesis statement and I'm redoing my entire proposal. And I have 15 pages for the actual thesis due on October 9th. So you could say I'm stressed. It's a word you could, you could use that. One, one could. You could write that. So yeah that's that's hard i'm sorry you know you really believe that dictators are just gonna express themselves honestly and when mm-hmm. they surprise you it's it's hard mm. it's painful you know you know it's like i i just but you know yeah did you call him i would have called him i hey. i had to i actually had to hey. email because you know the <laughs> didn't service, have a kind of time on my hands great, but, you know <laughs> um and i was like could you like wait <clears throat> just wait I know you're going to throw your country into turmoil. I get that. Could you give me like a six month head start <laughs> so like, I can write this little thesis and then, and then you can just do it. And then you can make it completely irrelevant if you want, but I'll have written already. Instead of freezing the constitution, let's freeze all of this like military takeover coup stuff and just put that on ice. Maybe daddy, just, you decide. Look at you. So cute there. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that's my tea and it's very sad. Mm. And if you guys are listening to this podcast and you're like, huh, Emma seems low energy. It's because I'm literally busy all the time. I sleep four hours a night. So it's because underneath this beautiful swan-like exterior below the water, they're struggling, dying, panic, and leg cramps, you know? It's awful. And to be honest with you, like, I think people don't talk about this enough. I think that 
there are busy seasons in life that do not equate to like a major life change where you're just a busy adult human. And that's hard. Like, I think people so much of the time are like, oh, if you're achieving something, then it's okay to be super stressed and busy or, and, and arguably you are, you know, you're getting your degree. But the point being like, there are times in adult life when you're just stressed and busy and it's not gonna come to a quick conclusion. Yeah. Like it's a prolonged period of busyness. And it, like, to be honest with you, it's been hard on both of us to do the podcast. Not that we would ever stop, but we just wanna be authentic with you. Like we're not out here living perfect lives and like, oh my gosh, I have 70 hours of free time this week. When do you wanna do this? So I just think, you know, if we're feeling this, other people are probably feeling this and it's worth checking in on yourself and giving yourself space and time to be good to yourself, which actually transitions quite well to our topic of this week. So we're going to be talking about all things wellness, our perspectives, and some self-care because I will start giving my opinion if I talk anymore. So let's Mm -hmm. just just get that in. Wendy! Get Wendy out on the stage. The tea is exceptionally good today made this Mm, very delicious so anyway i was saying Mm -hmm. i i think that self-care is definitely in the public eye more it's definitely in the conversation more and that's really good i think that it has also become a thing that is being monetized more and more and more and so self-care has to look a certain way so you have to be like sipping a matcha tea or you have to be journaling or bullet journaling or you have to be doing yoga in the morning at 6 a.m for it to be Mm self-care instead of just focusing on your mental health and your wellness in the way that works best for you it has to look like whatever the women's health journal said it did that week and I'm also really, really annoyed by the Megan Fox and Kourtney Kardashian skims ads. And if I never see another one of them, it will be too soon. Oh, yeah. I just saw those like today and I was like, okay. But no, they're everywhere because every news site has to talk about it because, oh my gosh, they're both in these amazing Hollywood couples. And I'm like, to be honest with you, the last thing that any country needs right now, let alone the Western countries, is to plastic surgery coated celebrities in underwear to sell a product like Mm -hmm. that that's just not it's it's not helpful it's not good it's not kind and again you know the wellness industry is making trillions of dollars a year i had to look this up because i was like maybe i'm inflating this in my head like maybe vitamins and skincare and shampoo and wellness retreats and weekends away and spas maybe they're making less money than i'm thinking they are Probably not, but yes they're really not they're really not it's mm-hmm. a hang on i looked up specific statistics because i wanted to make sure that i wasn't just talking out of my bum it's a if you're talking in dollars it's a 4.5 trillion dollar market okay. so wellness tourism is 639 billion uh, preventative and personalized medicine and public health, 575 billion, so that's medicine. Personal care and beauty, 1.083 billion. Physical activity, so that's all the personal trainers that we pay for, all the gyms that we pay for, all of the online apps that are now charging money to show you how to exercise, that's mm-hmm. an $828 billion industry. The spa economy is 119 billion. Traditional and complementary medicine, medicine, okay. what is 360 it? What is- billion. What is complementary medicine? 
so traditional is like uh, surgical, uh, something from a doctor, and then complementary would be like Eastern medicine, acupuncture. Um, you're looking for like homeopathic or holistic medicine. And then the mental wellness industry is 121 billion. Okay. And it goes on. But one of the worst ones is healthy eating, nutrition, and weight loss, $702 billion industry. So my point here is uh-huh. I am so annoyed. I am so annoyed and I'm tired of nobody talking about it. Like there are very few people who are on the body positivity train who actively talk about this stuff. And to be honest, most of their voices get drowned out. Like. Uh-huh there's so much focus on like which kind of body we should be positive about that we're not talking about how much money we're being forced as women to spend on unrealistic beauty standards or on things that we should be allowed to spend less on to enjoy ourselves like mm-hmm. face masks why are yeah. face masks like 50 dollars for a nice one you know you can get the cheap ones from the drugstore that's fine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you could be fine with that but why is so much of the market making money off of women trying to be good to themselves. It actively infuriates me because mm-hmm. other than non-binary or like probably LGBTQ plus, there's not that many men who have a mm-hmm. similar situation. Like people are not making money off of men in the same way. They're not. And it, it just all goes back to diet culture started as a definitely if something that affects both like all genders but something that was more targeted at women because that was who was on the covers so yes like the 90s thin aesthetic affected men as well 100 percent. but most magazine covers were not men they were mm-hmm. women i and, just saw yeah i just saw a video today on tiktok and i downloaded it and i'll upload it as a reel um and it was like an old it was like 2005 um e what do they call it it was like the in-depth e that they used to do oh on, yeah, yeah yeah and it was about how thin is too thin in hollywood and it was just like all the actresses that were kind of like completely emaciated and um it's it, uh, all access news is what it's called and um it doesn't it, it has it doesn't it's not the whole episode but it's like the first like few minutes of it and you look at these women and you're like wow and like you just realize like this is not, we have been new. This is not new, you know? Um, but I do think that the face of diet culture has changed because people are kind of catching on finally to maybe the scam portion of it, you know, and now it's transformed itself. Like, Oh, Oh, it's not, it's not diet. It's, it's wellness. It's for, it's, it's good for your body and your soul, you know? And so I think that's kind of like the direction that we're in now. Yeah, especially when you have companies like Young Living and Jaterra, which are pyramid schemes anyway, and have probably like super problematic, but with like essential oils and things like that, you know, yeah. like it crystals and things like all kinds of nature, like of a product that like I, I I I mean I'm sure that they have an origin of some kind, but at some point someone decided to capitalize on them and bring them into the life of women who are just average and normal. My problem with it as well is that it affects the way that we live our lives to the point that we have thoughts that are so deeply programmed into us that we have to like confront it in counseling, like the mommy body bounce back thing. That's a media driven narrative. Like, 
who started that except for people trying to watch celebrities after they've had children and mm -hmm. watch their bodies return to quote unquote Hollywood shape. Like that idea was completely fed to us and introduced to us by media culture. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is true of like maintaining your body, like aging gracefully, according to whom? according to whom and so now you have these like 15 year olds who are wanting botox and you have people who are our age you know nearing 30 where if we're not getting botox oh honey you're going to be so late when you start and there's so many people now that are going under the knife for all these procedures and we're spending so much money on skincare on hair care on all sorts of wellness quote unquote things and we're doing it from this deep internal place where we feel like that is what will make us happy, good enough and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And that kills me because it's so deeply rooted into us that if we were sat around a table of like 50 women, I guarantee you, if we were like, honestly, I'm really thinking about changing up my skincare routine because I'm just not happy. So nobody would be like, do you think maybe your skin is not the source of your happiness? They would be like, oh, do you want to know my skincare routine? Do you want to know this skincare routine? Because we're so programmed to be thinking as if we are part of their marketing teams for every brand of everything that we sell. And this includes like wellness retreats. Like, do you know what I just need? I just need a weekend away at a spa. Why? Why? Do you leave happier? Most of the time, no. You know what is actually helpful is massage therapy for like sore or torn muscles. What's not helpful is a salt scrub where some lady like scrubs your legs up and down. Like you're just making so much money off of women and calling it like that's you time, that's self care, that's self love. And we're losing the definition of what that word actually is mm -hmm. to the point that it is, it's borderline only a commercial product. Um, what well, I think my, what bothers me the most about it is the how how it's like it's so funny because when you're 15 arguably you, you probably have the best skin of your life you know like in the world like puberty no better skin life. than like, like an, an just before puberty person or a puberty person who's blessed enough not to deal with acne right but like once you hit 18 arguably your skin starts to go from growing to aging <laughs> like that's how life works yeah <laughs> like, i mean like as humans we don't have like these incredibly long lifespans you know like no like you hit 18 and you're like okay you know like 50 years to go <laughs> basically <laughs> and i'm mean, the way there <laughs> i'm just saying like you know people think that like people think you hit the wall quote unquote so much earlier which is a problematic phrase and it was invented by a man, but um, 18 is not old by any means, you know? And yet I'm seeing girls that age and younger and younger and younger and younger. And I'm like, how much younger can we go? Like, is my toddler going to be concerned with the state of her elasticity? Like, I, I mean, it's, it's, it seems to me that it started out with like the 40 to 50 something women who were going to the 60s and it hit the 40 girls and then it hit the 30 girls. And of course, the 20 girls were supposed to be like, this is the best time of your life, which I disagree with. But like apparently 30 is way better than 20 because you have money. But I'm just saying. Still waiting on that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not 30 yet, though. So we'll see. I'm um, excited for my 30th birthday to hit and my dump truck of money to just be like, yeah, beep, right. Beep, That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. We couldn't tell you about it until you hit 30, but you did it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the wellness and diet industry has just such far reaching grasp, like that it extends just beyond what are you putting inside of your body? And now it's about 
what are you so i saw another video where it's sort of related where someone was saying has anyone is anyone going to talk about how like gym rat and meal prep culture is diet culture and eating yeah. disorder culture and these are yes. not things that you're taught because it's perpetuated as like oh no like you to like make your body in like peak shape like the best shape your body could be in which once again is subjective is by doing meal prep and it's not that you're not eating enough but like these same people have like planned binge days, right? Where they're like, oh, that's my cheat day. And I'm like, why don't you yeah. just eat regularly? You know, because now yeah. you are at risk of a binge eating disorder. You probably already suffer from body dysmorphia, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's easy for people that are like, it, I don't trust a 21 year old who is telling me how to be in the best shape of my life. I'm sorry, I don't. Because you wake up in good shape. That's just the way it works. You're young, you know, like this is not a hard and fast rule, but in general, early 20 something year olds are like, that's your peak physical time. I was in my best shape from like 21 to 25. Right. And then after that, like you just, you start aging and things slow down and that's just the way, and you get busy. You don't have time yeah. to like, I used to work out three hours a day. I don't have time to do that. You know, like, I, and let's be realistic. Like once you hit 30, let's talk about like, what's a realistic exercise regime to stay, you know, um, you know, healthy and, and not like, you know what I'm trying to say. I do. And I think the truth of the matter is whether it's like any gender that we're talking about, it's an LA mindset that's being, mm-hmm thrown out and put on people from all over the world so it's uh guys have to have washboard abs do you know where that came from la women you need to you age out at 37 you need to stay young as long as possible do you know what that is from hollywood acting because you can no longer play a young woman when you're you know 34 35 36 because you're really getting up there all of it is this LA toxicity that is being spread to us through the media. Mm-hmm. And then why are you aging? Aging isn't helpful. Don't age, LA. Why are you uh, not having fun and going to a million parties when you're in your 40s? Like, you're getting boring. Why don't you try these 18 new sex positions with a bunch of different partners? Because that will make you happy. It's just LA. Like, all it is is the bubble of L.A. toxic smoke spreading through the Internet to all the rest of us. Mm -hmm. And it really irritates me because I know how much it affected me growing up. I know how much it affected my friends growing up to see the thin idolization. And what is happening now is like the plastic surgery idolization. What are kids today going to going to be dealing with? Mm -hmm. What are kids today going to look like? What are they going to be going through? And I know we've talked about similar things before, but I just don't think people say enough, like you should not feel pressured to buy anything or look a certain way to make yourself acceptable, worthy, and happy. Like that's not where happiness comes from. Do you want to know the single most helpful thing that I've done for my body dysmorphia? Stop thinking about your body. Stop thinking Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. The most healthy mindset that I've had within the last few months has been from me actively disengaging from thoughts about my body because they're intrusive thoughts. They happen, especially if you have an eating disorder history. It's very common for you to go into restriction mode really easily or go into critique mode where you're trying to figure out which parts of your body should go first and just stopping thinking about it, removing the pressure from myself and going, I'm not even, I'm not even acknowledging that thought. That is not important. I have felt so happy in my body and I still have bad days. Like it's not a cure, but it's so much more helpful. And I think that's the trick of it is like 
every single industry wants you to focus on these little nitpicky details about your body, about your lifestyle, about the way that you are relaxing, the way that you're not relaxing, the way that you want to be relaxing. And they want you to fixate on it so much that you'll spend money to fix it Mm -hmm. instead of maybe you don't think about it. Like, what do you want to do to relax? I want to sit on my couch. Stop thinking. Done. Mm -hmm. Boom. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't need to be doing a certain thing to be relaxing. And I think that's the part of the wellness slash diet culture industry that has really invaded the way that people live. I was reading an article on Poosh the other day, which is Kourtney Kardashian's wellness brand. It's basically goop with like slightly smaller sunglasses. I don't get it. But anyway, she was like, how to make your nighttime products work for you. And the whole article was recommendations of really expensive nighttime skincare. So it had nothing to do with how to make your nighttime products work for you. Any tips and techniques from aestheticians to make your skincare, whatever you've already bought, work for you. It's here. Buy this magic elixir for 50, 100, 200, 300 money, you know, whatever currency you're working with. And then you will feel X, Y, and Z. You'll wake Mm -hmm. up and your cheeks will be a baby's ass. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. We can prove this because men wash their face with a bar of soap. And they have Honestly, an old bar of soap that has dust on it. So here's my my case study on this. Emma, Mm -hmm. do you buy separate body lotion? As what? Just in general, like, do you buy body lotion? How often do you apply body lotion to your body? I moisturize after my showers. Okay. How much time do you spend moisturizing your body? Eh, I don't know. Not very. I mean, I'm not. But you apply it pretty much like neck down, right? Mm -hmm. Like whole body? Mm -hmm. Okay. I did that since I was 14, probably. And last year, my husband, this is the secret of men. Okay. (laughs) My, My husband washes with a one he has a one-step routine and it's called whatever body soap happens to be in there he rubs on his head he rubs all over his body he rinses and then he gets out he dries with a towel that is more like sandpaper than an actual towel and then he goes about his day he has the softest skin i have ever felt on a person that was never using any sort of like skincare product okay he doesn't wash his face Okay. Okay. So he, I go, I was getting out of the shower and he goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm applying body lotion. What are you doing? You heathen. And he was like, that's such crap. Like there's no reason to buy it. And so determined to prove a point, I was like, I would collapse without my body lotion. Like I would be so dry. I'd be ashy. I'd be disgusting. And he's like, you want to make a wager? (laughs) And (laughs) And so we did. I haven't used body lotion since. And my skin is softer than it was with body lotion. What is happening? <laughs> like, what have we been taught for our entire lives? How, add up how much money you've spent on body lotion in the last year. Wasted. I mean, no much Uber. It's not a huge money. expense. You know, it's not a car, but it's money. It's money that I could have in a savings account right now collecting interest. But no, wellness industry, you lied to me. You and Snooki conspired and lied to me and told me that if I didn't lotion my entire body, I would be unworthy of being touched. So you know, thank you for ruining me. <laughs> I, I, this is time immemorial that women have been the primary 
people taken advantage of. And it's because these industries are owned by men. They're owned by men, they're operated by men, and they they know the secret to making money and that is to exploit women. And that has just how it's always been. And now some women are wising up, but a lot of women are internalizing that and you know, projecting onto other women because they don't want to be considered unworthy. And so like, oh, well, if I make sure that you know that I'm worthy and that must mean that you're doing something wrong, then I will be desirable and everything in my life will be fine and I'll be happy. And in, in actuality, those are probably the, the most unhappy people that I've ever known. But I mean, I think say. about the fact that curl shampoos really only came out within the last 10 years anybody with natural hair was expected like a texture to your natural hair, you were expected to heat style it. Mm -hmm. You were going to hide that and you were going to use normal shampoo, which was basically formulated for like thin haired white people. Like there was no, there was no diversity of market. And then the thing that also bothers me is that I really want people to be amazing providers of products like i want as a consumer for people to be providing me products that they have thoughtfully introduced to the market because they truly believe it's a good product mm -hmm. yes i want that i want women to step into that space and absolutely rock products 100 percent. i don't like that sometimes this is i'm now a woman carrying on this legacy of exploiting the fact that you don't feel good about yourself. And I'm now going to spin you a new version of what was given before. It's probably better, but it's a new version of it. And I'm going to do the same exact thing to you that men did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't think even women really like, realize that it's happening a lot of the time. It's so subconscious. That's the thing. It's the whole wellness industry. The reason that it exists is because we think we need it. It's wellness. Like to be well, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And it's, a lie and it it irritates me because i feel in some ways like i'm part of the cog like i have to continue to buy skincare because unlike my husband if i didn't wash my face it would literally fall off like that is one thing that i cannot remove from my routine you know the body lotion was an aha moment and i will forever be suing jerkins and other lotion companies you're all you're all receiving notice now okay my lawsuit is coming but the point being like i i have to buy certain things in order for the basic structure of my routine to work. And so I, I feel like I can't stop the cog, like I'm a cog in the machine, I can't stop it from running over me, even if I make smart choices in what I buy. I mean, I will continue to buy certain products, of course, as well. And I mean, it, I have kind of gotten off of the, like, I don't buy expensive makeup anymore. Not really. I'll buy, I'll buy like a good concealer, you know, like I've, I've tried the drugstore makeup as well. And I, I know what does and doesn't work, you know, just as far as like quality product goes, but I'm also, I'm, I'm hip to the, the industry's tricks. And a lot of that is if you price something super high, we will automatically think, oh, it must be it's better, better ingredients. Yeah. You get what you pay for a product. And that's yeah. just not true. Um, Multi-level marketing schemes have proven this to me more than once because there's this new, like, sort of like a new makeup brand that just came out that like was formed from another one and it is now like a different one and they charge $200 for like a basic eyeshadow palette that Patrick McGrath was selling for like $30 less which yeah. in his products are insanely expensive so if you're charging more than him yeah problematic so I'm just saying it's 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 all just a big load of crap and it's a trick and we should stop. We should stop paying attention to it, but we won't. 
Well, and I guess we kind of leave it on a, a hanging chad a la 2002. You know, we we have to make smart choices as consumers, but there is a limited amount that we independently can do. But I think the thing we have to do is keep talking to each other about it as women, because there's such an underground network of women. Like if every woman started telling the women that she knew, hey, do you know this thing is stupid? Like, why are we buying different foundations instead of buying one foundation that works for us? Like I came to that conclusion a couple of weeks ago and I don't know what was going on in my brain where I was like, oh, I should be testing new products. I should be buying new things because if I buy the right thing, then it will look great. And it's like, no, no, find something that you like, repurchase as needed. Mm -hmm. You don't have to try everything the world over. You are not a blue, like a YouTube beauty influencer. It's not required of you. No one's sending you the products, honey. So you're just wasting your money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we have to do is just like gradually communicate it to ourselves, communicate it to the other women and be focused on how we spend our money. So if we're going to a spa, we're going to a spa to get specific treatments that are proven to work. We're not going to a spa to get like a new Brazilian leaf wrapped around our legs that's supposed to make your legs thin and happy. How about these new Brazilian lotions? Not that I'm new, but the butt lift lotion. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's lotion. Emma, it defies gravity. Why don't you get oh, it? <laughs> yeah, well, I tried it once and my ass shot above my head. So like never again. <laughs> you know, it was problematic. I'll tell you, I couldn't get on the subway. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like I only bought it because I think it smells good. Like it's got a really good like like a tropical smell to it. And that's the only thing I like about it. But no, I don't believe in like Brazilian butt lift lotion. Like let's stop, just stop, you know, but there, because BBLs are so popular in mainstream culture now that it's like, if you can't afford one, why don't you just try this lotion and it'll tighten your butt. And it's like, it really won't. It's the same thing as lip plumpers. It just burns your lips. Like really, we're really just inflicting pain on ourselves to make ourselves look slightly puffier. And then we're using ice rollers made in China to de-ice our face and de-puff this portion, but puff this up. It's just absolutely wacko. Honestly, we need like, to go ahead. I was just going to say, we need to remember what natural beauty is and embrace that and spend mm -hmm. our money and our time unpicking the wounds that have been inflicted on us by the media, by culture and by our peers rather than spending money feeding this disgusting system. I honestly don't really see it dying until influencer culture dies, until people get just sick of watching people pretend to be someone completely different and be disingenuous on social medias. And I don't know if that will ever die because it's like social media seems to be becoming more and more a part of our lives every day. But I was going to say, I think a zombie apocalypse is more likely to happen before influencer culture dies than after. <laughs> like I just, I just hope that, you know, as like, cause like obviously the, the current influencers that we, we grew up with are being replaced by the Gen Z influencers and things like that, you know? And I, I'm waiting for everyone to become hip to the fact that like one, they all look the same because they all use the same doctors and because they all buy the same products because they all live in the same place. Yep. Like they are, they're like a hive. They all reside together in Los Angeles and they all use the same, you know, Silicon Valley doctors and it, and that's why they look that way, you know? And I just, I'm waiting for us to get to the point where we stop being like, ooh, goals about a girl who's like, one, she doesn't look like that. And two, she's shilling like goop to you. Like, yeah. Like, let's just, let's, I, I'm waiting for, it happened to me and it happened to some of my friends and it's a slow process, but I'm just waiting until we have an army and then we will storm the castle. I just, I think the thing is like, 
make sure that you're checking in with yourself because it's really easy to spend so much time and money doing quote unquote self-care without actually doing a minute of it because you're not worried about how you feel or how you're reacting or what you need or what your body needs. You're worried about making sure that you tick off a list that has been created for you. So I think that would be what I'd close with is try to spend time genuinely doing whatever makes you happy. And if that's like playing an Xbox, like play an Xbox, or if that's, you know, putting hand lotion on, putting gloves on and watching Sex in the City reruns, like do that, whatever it is that makes you happy, do that. Don't worry about the societal pressure that's placed on you to do specific happy making activities. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that we, you can't like certain beauty products or beauty routines, you know, no. like if that's what makes you happy, do it. But if you talk with yourself and you have like an introspective moment where you're like, am I doing this because I enjoy the process yeah. and I enjoy the product or am I doing it because I feel that I have to do it, you know? Um, and if you feel like you have to do it, you can maybe like wean off of it or, you know, stop cold Turkey. But like, I enjoy certain types of face masks not because I believe they're tightening my face or anything like that. Just because like, I, I don't know, like uh, there's specific kinds that I avoid, like the ones that are supposed to like rip your pores or whatever. Like I don't do those, but there's like certain, like there's a lot of Korean beauty masks that I really like just because like uh, my skin just generally feels more hydrated when I'm done with them. Yeah. But not because I'm like, this will solve all my problems, you know? So anyway, um, that's pretty much all I have to say. I, I mean, I can talk a lot about like the oils and the crystal side of it all, which isn't like exactly what our focus was today. But if you listener have a routine that you are questioning or you've had experience spending thousands of dollars on products that did nothing that they promised, Hi. Um, we can put the test <laughs> and also share your story with us in our DMs. Tell us like, Hey, I know that you don't like X, Y, and Z types of products, but here's a product I really like because it's made by a small business and it's this, this, yeah. and that, you know, like sh- we share that kind of stuff with us. We want to know. So yeah. Or uh, just messages to let us know you're joining my lawsuit against lotion companies. Here I we go. am looking for other plaintiffs. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I think that was good. And if you're interested in the crystals and oils side of things, Emma could talk about that for about two weeks. So DM us, let us know, or we will continue to just choose our own episodes because we are also a dictatorship, much like Tunisia. (laughs) We are our own bosses. (laughs) Boss babes. And so (laughs) comes to the end of another thoughtfully curated episode of the TCT. (laughs) I am Hannah. And I am Emma. And that's the tea.